All right, Shavuot say good morning. Let us begin. Let us begin. We have uh, Baruch Hashem, a number of sponsors today to thank all of our sponsors, to thank our Talmud Torah sponsors. Oh, sorry. To thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Kislev. To thank Josh and Becker Friedman for dedicating all the Shurm, the Ilu Nishmas, Josh's father, Yisrael Yehuda, Barav Chaim Rafael, Zichron of the Bracha. To thank Sami Malka Esterson for dedicating all the Shiurim and Drushos this month in memory of their parents, Yitzchak Leib ben Aaron Akoin, Sarah Rachel Bas Baruch Avram, Hinda Bas Henech Ephraim, and in the Schus of the continued health and the Mazel of Mr. Morton Esterson, Admeva Esim Shanim Tovos. To thank the Pepper family for dedicating the Shurim this month in commemoration of the yard site of Yosef Pepper. Yosef David Ben Yaakov Zichron Levracha. To thank our week of learning sponsors, Steve Galaskov, in honor of the commemoration of his father's first yard site, Meretz Hashem, the Neshama of Nochum, Sander Ben Meshulam, should have an Aliyah and a Lichtgagan Eden. To thank Ayal and Sarah Steinberg for dedicating the week of learning, in this Chosav Rafush Lema for Shulamis Bas Susha. And to thank our day of learning sponsors, Mr. Lawrence Sufnis, loving memory of his beloved sister, from Chaya Bas Naomi, to our Dafyomi sponsors for today, Maish Wardesheim, celebrating his milestone of completing Shas. Mazel Tov, Maish. Mazel Tov, Mazel Tov. And Baruch Hashem, with the support of his wife Devora and his son Yehuda. Mazel Tov, Mazel Tov, continued Hatzlacha. And to thank Ken Galula for dedicating the Shir today in honor of Shir, out of the opportunity to participate in the daily Shir, Mirat Hashem via Zoom. Ken is with us every day, Baruch Hashem via Zoom. With that, let us begin. Thank you to all of our sponsors for all of their incredible generosity. With that, let us begin. So we have a lot to do today. So we picked up, we picked up, actually we're leaving, we left off. Today's daf is Memchas 48, and we left off, um, let's pick up, four lines into the Mishnah. One, two, three, four, five. So also, remember again, five lines down from the top. So also, remember again, we were talking in the case of the Mishnah, interestingly enough, about two people who go ahead and asr hanoah one onto the other. Right? That was harini alayich va'at alay. You are asr to me, I am asr to you. So the Mishnah explained that halacha they are not permitted to get benefit from what the Mishnah called asurim bidavar shal osahair. So anything that belongs to the city, see the assumption is when you live as part of a city, this is assuming, let's say Reuven and Shimon, assuming that Reuven and Shimon live in the same city, so what's the issue? Any, any parts of the, any parts of the, anything that belongs to the city belongs to both of them. So therefore, again, if Reuven or Shimon were to benefit from it, they would be effectively benefiting from one another, from one another. So again, the Gemara says as follows, Sorry, the Mishnah says as follows. So therefore, again, I will say, what do they do? What do they do? Vakosev chalko nasi. And I will say, this line itself, this line itself is, is not exactly clear as to what it is that it means. We'll see in the Gemara. Kosev chalko nasi sounds like they can go ahead and write their portion or assign their portion in the city to the nasi. Okay, we'll see what that means. Rabbi Huda Omer, echad kosev nasi. So I will say, what it sounds like is that if they, play, if they make this reciprocal israhano, they assign their portion to the nasi. Nasi just means the head of the city. Rabbi Huda on Rehuda says, Echad kosev nasi, ve'echad kosev lehedyot. So Rabbi Huda says, no, they could, they could assign their portion to the nasi, or they could assign their portion to a regular person as well. Ma ben kosev lehnasi, le kosev lehedyot. I said, what would be the difference between someone who assigns his portion to the nasi 
versus someone who assigns his portion to a hediot. If you assign your portion to the nasi, you do not need a third party to help with the transference. You don't need someone to acquire on behalf of the nasi. But ultimately, again, you would need a third party to help with a hediot. Again, I both say, we'll see in the Gemara ultimately again what all of this means. Chacham say, no, if you want to assign your ownership interest in any of the city properties, you need to do that ultimately again through a third party. The only reason they brought up a Nasi was because it was most common in these type of situations to assign your portion to the Nasi. Rabbi Huda Rabbi says, Ein Anshegadal the people of Galil do not need to assign their portion to the Nasi. Why? Because their forefathers already read ahead and assigned their individual portions in the city over to the Nasi. All right, so I'll say we have to make sense of what the Mishnah exactly is talking about. So here we go. Says the Gemara, Am I Mitzar? So I'll say, so, so here's what's interesting. So when you read the Mishnah, this is why I, I didn't read the Ran, because the Ran explains the Gemara, but let's see the Gemara first. So I'll say, when you see this Lashon over here, what that sounds like is, it's like another case. means Someone who assigns his portion to the Nasi is Aser. So the Gemara says, I don't understand, why is assigning my portion to the Nasi Aser? What, what does that mean? To which the Gemara says, no, no, no. Amrav says, Hachikatari, this is what it means. Umatakanason. Oh, I'll say, watch this. Here's how to read the Mishnah. So the Mishnah is talking about a case of what, well, I should say the second case in the Mishnah is talking about a case of, actually third case in the Mishnah, where Reuven and Shimon say, Harini alayich va'at alay. Right? Reuven can't get Hanah from Shimon. Shimon can't get Hanah from Reuven. So we'll say, what did the Mishnah tell me? In a situation like that, halach alamaisa. So what's their status? What's their status vis-a-vis city property? What's their, assuming that Reuven and Shimon live in the same city, what's their status? Can't get benefit from it. Right? Why? Because both Reuven and Shimon own an interest in city property. So therefore, again, Reuven can't get Hanoi from city property. And again, we define the both like, what are examples of city property? The city square, the bathhouse, the shul, the Aron Kodesh, and the Svarim. So remember again, so Reuven can't get benefit from any of those items because then he's getting benefit from Shimon. Shimon can't get benefit from any of those items because he'll be benefiting from Reuven. So now the Mishnah says, both like, so what should they do? Oh, you know what they could do? They could assign their respective ownership interests essentially back to the mayor, right? That was called the Nasi, right? They could assign their ownership interest back to the Nasi. By doing that, they have essentially each of them relinquished their individual ownership within these city areas, and therefore they could, be- they could both benefit. So Ruben takes his ownership interest, assigns it to the Nasi. Shimon takes his ownership interest, assigns it to the Nasi. Now each of them have the ability to benefit from all of the fixtures or all the aspects of the city. Incredible. So yichtavu chelkon l'nasi. So we'll say, so that's it. That, that's, that, that's the whole chap of the Mishnah. So then there's machlokes. Is it just the Nasi? Is it someone else? Does it require a third party? But that's the chap. Essentially, assign your ownership interest back to the city. That's what, that's what you're doing. You're assigning to the Nasi. Assign it back to the city. That way everyone has the ability to go ahead and benefit. They both say the parentheses are just a restating of the Mishnah, 
nothing is, and you could, you, we could just skip. So I'll say, so skip to the two dots now. You could skip the entire parentheses. Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda says, So it's actually quite interesting. So remember again, so, so the Mishnah now tells me, if Reuben and Shimon go out and get into a, they, 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 they engage in mutual Isser, right? Mutual Nadarim, so they can benefit from the other. So again, they can't benefit from certain jointly owned city things. Remedy for that? Assign your ownership interest to the Nasi. Then the Mishnah says the people of Galil do not have to assign their ownership interests. Why not? Why not? Because their forefathers already did it for them. Okay, so what, what does that mean? So I'll say, this is fascinating. The people of Galil do not need to assign their ownership interests to the Nasi. Why not? Because their forefathers already did this for them. We'll say, watch this. Tanya, Omer. I will say the people of Galil were quarrelsome people. And what would happen as a result? So this is great. So the people of Galil were exceptionally quarrelsome people. And what were they doing? They were always making nidarim to asr hanoa on each other. So I will say, so because this was a commonplace thing, what happened? Now remember, when you live in a city and city property is jointly owned, you get into a fight with someone, the reaction is a nether, it creates problems each and every day. So what happened? So the Gemara says, and they would get into a fight, so they would go ahead and one to the other, so what happened? So what happened? So their forefathers got up, and ultimately again wrote their portion to the Nasi. So essentially in the Galil, they legislated this. What they essentially did was they said, townspeople don't really own city property. The city owns city property. That way when you get into a fight with your fellow Gal- Gal- Galilean, 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 yeah, Gal- Galilean, right? ultimately again, one from the other, it doesn't impede either of you from going ahead and using city property. Pretty incredible. Good. So we'll say, fine. So the, fine. So that's uh, good. 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 End of the sugi. Mishnah. Mishnah. So we've actually seen this before, we've seen this case before, we've actually seen this entire Mishnah referenced before actually a number of times. I will say this is the famous case of Beis Choron that we've mentioned so many times. Here is the Mishnah. So here we go. So we'll say, now watch this case. So what happens? I go ahead and, and, just just you understand the, the way the Lashon is. If a person is prohibited to get benefits from his friend. So the case over here is Ruvain makes a nether, prohibiting Shimon from getting benefits from him. Okay, so now Shimon can't get benefit, can't get Hano from Ruvain. But now what's the problem? Shimon has nothing to eat. Shimon has nothing to eat. So what do we do in such a scenario like this? So we've seen this already before. What can you do? So the easiest thing to do in a situation like this is Ruvain could give the food to a third party. So Reuben gives the food to Levi, right? Who's an unrelated party. Now the food belongs to Levi. And what? And now Shimon 
has the ability, and Levi could give it to Shimon, right? Why could Levi give it to Shimon? Why could Levi give it to Shimon? Because the Maestro, the food has nothing to do with Reuven anymore. Now, we'll say, remember again, this, we, we already saw this concept before. In fact, remember, we'll say, a couple of Mishnahists ago, this was the part that everyone agreed on. Right? Where did it get a little bit contentious? Where did it get a little bit dicey? Right? When we got up to a situation of Hefker, what happens if there's not a third party there, right? Machlokis, again, Rabbanon and Rabbiosi, about how the mechanics of Hefker actually work. But again, this is the straightforward case. Ruvain made a nether. Shimon, you can't get any benefit from me. Shimon has no food. Ruvain wants to give him food. Ruvain can't give it directly to Abihano. Ruvain can give it to Levi, third party. And third party could give it to Shimon, Shalom Yisrael. Here we go. Maisa. Be'echad. Be'beischaron. Ah, I will say, by the way, we've been quoting this case literally since the beginning of the Masechta. Literally since the beginning of the Masechta. So let's see, here it is. So there was a story of a guy in Beischaron. And what happened? Shahaya Aviv, now I'll say it's changed over here. It's changed over here to Mudar. Shahaya Aviv Mudar, not Nodar. Shahaya Aviv Mudar, Heimeno Hana. Meaning, so we'll say, so what happened? There was a son and a father. The son had made a nether that his father can't get benefit from him. Or I'll say it could also be that the father made the nether not to get benefit from the son. So whoever made the nether is somewhat irrelevant. The point over here is there was a father and son in Beis Haron. And the father was not permitted to get any benefit from the son. Okay. Now we'll say, what was happening? The problem is son was marrying off his son. Right? So son, so son wants his father to be at the chasana of grandson. What's the problem? The problem is father is under a nether not to get benefit from the son. So what do we do in a situation like this? So son says, so we'll say we have three characters over here. We've got father... Son and grandson, right? So just to get our character straight, right? So again, father made a nether not to get benefit from the son. Son is marrying off grandson, who's the son's son. But we're just going to call him grandson for this purpose over here, right? So son is marrying off grandson, wants his father very much to be present at the chasinah. Father can be present at the chasinah because father is under a nether not to benefit from son. So what does son do? So, so what happens? So son says to his friend, so now we've got father, son, grandson, and friend. Right? So, so son says to his friend, So, we'll say this is very interesting. So, son says to his friend, <coughs> I'm hereby giving over to you the following. I'm giving over the chatzar, so the hall, right? The, right, the chatzar, the courtyard where the suda is going to take place. This suda. The food, everything is given over to Nisunin Hinan Lefanecha. It's given over before you. But so it will say, watch what happens in this case. Son is explicit. What does son say? I'm giving this over to you so that my father could participate in the Suda. That's, that's why I'm giving this to you. In other words, I'm, I'm, it's not because I like you. It's not because I feel that I mean, I'm sure I like you, right? But it's, but it's not because, again, I want to definitely give you something. I'm giving you this in order to circumvent the nether. I want my father to be able to come to the chasana, partake in the chasana. So I'm giving you everything now for you to own, for you to own, in order that my father could come. Okay, friend says, sure, no problem. Then what happened? Friend turns around, Amar, im shalihem, hareihem mukdashim l'shamayim. Be careful how you choose your friends, right? <laughs> so what does the friend do? What does the friend do? So I'll say, you'll see, the truth is you'll see what the friend, what his logic was. They're going to say, fine, you know what? If it's mine, by the way, I just want to let you know, if it's mine, I'm making it Hegdish. I'm making it Hegdish. Amr so son says back to friend, 
Do you think I gave you the properties that you should be makdish? I didn't give you the properties you makdish. I told you I gave you the property. I gave you the property because I want my father to come to the chasana. That's what I want. And that's the only reason I'm giving you the property. Amr Allah supposed to say, so what does friends say? Amr nasatili es shalcha, ela, sorry, Amr nasatili es shalcha, ela shete ata va'avicha, Ochlin v'shosin u'misratzin zelazeh. So the friend says, "You know what? I know what you did. You only gave me the property so that you and your father should be able to eat and drink together, right? Be happy with one another. The avon taloi beroshi berosho, and literally the sin should hang on my head. The sin should hang on my head." And I will say, just to be clear, friend wasn't really committing a sin. In other words, but he was saying was, "You're using me. You're using me to circumvent the prohibition." So the friend did not appreciate being used in this fashion. He said, I know exactly what you're doing, right? You're just using me. You're not really giving me a gift. You're not really giving me ownership. You're giving this to me so that technically speaking, it's not yours, that you and your father could come and have a good time. But in reality, you're just using me to circumvent the nether. So the friend was upset. That's why the friend said, that's why the friend said, ultimately, again, if it's really mine, I'm going to go ahead and... I'm going to go ahead and be Makadeshit. So the Gemara says, So the says, So this is an interesting case here. Because remember again, in the, what I want to point out is interesting over here is here, son is explicit about the reason he's giving the gift. Right? In other words, he doesn't hide it. And this is very important. He doesn't hide, right? He doesn't try to pretend, no, 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 it's a real gift. He doesn't pretend why he's giving it, he's clear and explicit why he's giving it in order to go ahead and circumvent the nether. The friend does not, does not appreciate being a, being a pawn in this entire process of circumventing the nether. So we'll see, so we'll see, listen to this. Second wide line of us, the Chazal said, is incredible. So this yields a very important, a very important metric. How do you know if a matana is a real matana? If the recipient of the matana has the ability to make the matana hektish, that's a real matana. If you don't have the ability to make the matana hektish, then it's a sham matana. So we'll say, what, what, what does that really mean? In other words, the ability to make something hektish requires what? Requires what? Complete ownership. So what it's saying is, if you have enough ownership to make the item hektish, then that is a valid bona fide matana. If it's a matana and you don't have the rights to make it hektish, then at the end of the day, that's not a matana. That's really just a legal fiction that somebody's employing in order to be able to get around something. Incredible. So we'll say, let's analyze this. Let's analyze this a bit more. So my solicitor, so we'll say, here, here's, here's the problem, right? The problem we'll say is, the, the Mishnah espouses a, a concept, right? What's the concept? If someone is not permitted to get a nether, to, to, to get hana from you, right? Ruven made a nether that Shimon can't get hana from him. Now what happens? The Mishnah's case, Shimon has nothing to eat. So what could Reuven do? What could Reuven do? Give the food to a third party. So the Mishnah sounds like what it's saying is, whenever, whenever Shimon is not permitted to go in and get benefit from Reuven, Reuven could circumvent the nether by giving the food to a third party. The Mishnah then seemingly tells a story of what? Of what? Someone who did just that. But yet, what does the Mishnah say? Based on the story, the story doesn't work. So the story seems to contradict the principle, right? The principle is when there's a nether, there's a way to circumvent the nether, the isr by giving the item to a third party. And then the story seems to indicate that that process 
doesn't work. So what's going on over here? So this is incredible. So the Gemara says, "Maisa lister, kisur mechsa." Rosa, by the way, there's nothing like starting a Monday with a kisur mechsa, right? It's like it's like the jackpot, Talmudic jackpot. It's so exciting. What's what's, what's going to come next? Kisur mechsa v'achikatani. Here we go. So we'll say, here's here's the missing piece. So we'll say it works. If Ruvain made a nether that Shimon can't get benefit from him, right? And now Ruvain wants to convey something to Shimon. How could Ruvain convey something to Shimon? How could he do it? How could he do it? Give it to Levi. Give it to a third party. Now watch this. Here's the caveat. Oh, okay. So we'll say, now watch this. However, however, now we'll say, if you take a look over here, take a look. In the run, in the run, um, two, four, six, eight lines are from the bottom. Vimochiach sofa al trilason, shochiach soch dvarov al trilason. So I will say, if at the end of the day, literally, the end casts, illuminates or, or clarifies the beginning, she'inon elaha rama, okigom maktan space horror. So I will say, essentially, the Gemara saying is like this it's true. You can gift property to a third party, to a third party, in order to go ahead and get it to Shimon. Ruben can gift it to a third party to get it to Shimon. However, in order for that to work, the gift has to be a real gift. If it's clear that the gift is not a real gift, it's not a real gift, but it's only to totally, wholly, and fully circumvent the nether, then Einachinami, the gift will not work. What's an example, ultimately, again, of a sham gift? What's the example? The story in the Mishnah, the story in Beis Charon, where again, so I'll say, so that's what I'm saying. Ve'me'ochiach sofa tchilaso aser u'maisnai Beis Charon ba'achas to have a sofa mochiach al tchilaso. And I will say, so now what the Mishnah says is like this: In Achinami, if Ruvain made an idol that Shimon can't benefit from him, and our Shimon has nothing to eat, so can Ruvain go ahead and convey ownership of an item to Levi? Yes, as long as what? As long as what? It's an absolute gift. But if it's not an absolute gift, what we say, which means you're able to see from the context that the gift is not a legitimate gift. It's just not a legitimate gift, then it's not going to work. What's an example of an illegitimate gift? A sham gift? That'll be the base charog, a straw gift, right? right? That, that'll, be, that'll be the example of base charog. Where I both say, again, now let's, let's understand why the case in base charog is considered to be a sham gift. So here we go. Amarava, Loshan el Abba. Rava says, when is it a sham gift? It's a sham gift when it's explicit, right? Rava says, when in this case, for example, son says to friend, friend, I'm hereby conveying to you as a gift, the chatzar, all of the food in order for me to be able to invite my father. Okay, so Rava says, when you say it, when you say it, then it's clear that the whole thing is a sham. Now watch this. Ha'aval, so listen to this. What happens if son conveys the property to, to a friend? And he says, here, I'm giving you the chatzar, I'm giving you the food. You know, perhaps you would consider inviting my father. You understand inviting my father. So say, Rava posits, that's okay. Why is, why is that okay, Rav Because in that case, in that case, son is not explicitly saying that's the reason he's giving the gift, right? Son, and, and son is ultimately leaving it up 
to the decision of friend. You see, the boss saying in the first case, if you notice the difference in the wording over here, in the first case, son is conveying ownership of the chaser and of all the food. And what is he saying? All of this is for you. And I'm only doing this so that my father should be able to come to the chasana. Rava says, that's a straw gift, right? That, that's, a, that's a fiction gift and it doesn't work. Conversely, if the son says, I'm giving you everything, perhaps you would consider, right? It's yours, it's yours, you could do with it as you want, but perhaps you would consider now that you have this, inviting my father to partake. In that case, I will say, if you notice the gift, is not predicated on the attendance of the father, nor is, nor is the attendance of the father in and of itself part of the fabric of the gift. What son is saying now to friend is, if now that you own this, perhaps you would consider inviting my father. Rabbi says that would be an appropriate gift. Lishnach, we know about an alternate version of this. Amin so in this alternate version, don't think it's just because he made it explicitly linked to the gift that is Asr. But if he would say, here, friend, here's the property, perhaps you would consider inviting my father as Mutter. Ella, Afilu Amar well, in this alternate version, even if son says to friend, here's the gift, perhaps you would consider inviting my father. The gift is an invalid gift. Why? My time, sudaso muchachas alav. So I will say why? Because the mention ultimately, again, of the father indicates that the whole thing is a sham. So I will say, look what we have over here. We have two versions of Rava. Two versions of Rava. In version one of Rava, the problematic gift is one in which you explicitly say you're only giving the gift so that the father could come to the Suda. But if you give the gift and then recognizing that friend is the owner of the gift, so son says, perhaps you would consider inviting my father, that is a proper gift. In second version of Rava, any mention of the father coming to the Suda in the context of giving the gift makes it a fictitious gift. In order for the gift to be valid, it has to be a gift without any mention of the father coming to the suda. Right? Give the gift. After the gift is given, you want to follow up with friend and ask him to invite your father? That's absolutely fine. But Lamaisa, father cannot be mentioned in the context of the gift because if he, uh, if he is what we call sudasa muhafa salav, that at the end of the day it's clear that the only reason he's giving the gift is to kind of circumvent the nether and that's going to be problematic. So I will say, this is really quite interesting because what we begin to see according to, so again, two different versions of Rabbah. Good, Ahmed Beis, Ahmed Beis, let's go back to her. Hu Gavra, was an interesting case. So I will say, so what, what we don't, so here's what we know. We don't know the halacha lamais yet, which Hashem, we will see. We will see, but here's what we know. We know that in the case where Ruvain made a nether, that Shimon can't get benefit from him, there is a way for Ruvain to get food to Shimon. Shimon doesn't have food. How does Ruvain get food to Shimon? To Levi. Gives it to Levi. Now, both said, what's interesting and now what's coming out is, is Ruvain saying something to Levi when he gives the gift to Levi or not? Now, the Mishnah seems to, the Mishnah doesn't include anything. The problem is now that we brought up the case of Beis Charon, the case of Beis Charon, I'll say, ultimately, again, is a case of gift giving to circumvent a nether. And what seems to be problematic over here is when you give the gift and you are explicit about the reason you're giving the gift, then it becomes a straw gift, a sham gift, and the whole thing is void. The, the tension over here is what are you allowed to mention in the context of the gift 
or not. And this is the multiple of the two versions of Rava. Can you make any mention of the father? Not make a mention of the father. So that's the tension over here. Again, unresolved. Unresolved. We'll come back to it in just a bit. Hogavra, let's listen to this case. It's very interesting. Suppose I, a father had a son. The son was always stealing bundles of flax. This was an at-risk teen in the times of the Gila, right? right? So again, he was stealing bundles of flax. So what happened? The father got very upset. So what happened? So the father asked his property upon his son, made a nether, made a nether, that my son cannot get any benefit from my property. So, so the Gemara says, Amrulei, the Havi Barbarach Tzormerabon on my. So this is very interesting. So it says, now the father essentially said, my son cannot benefit from any of my property, including about say, when I die, when I die, my son's not going to inherit me. That's what his father was saying. He was so upset at his son for his thieving ways that ultimately, again, I'm not allowing him to get any benefit from anything. Okay, so they said to the father, but one second, what happens if your grandson becomes a tamtkachum? Right? In other words, what happens if your grandson ultimately, again, changes his ways, becomes a little bit better, or a lot better, because I'm chacham, wouldn't you want your grandson to be able to inherit your property? So the Gemara says, so, we'll say, so by the way, just before we go on, just before we go on, so if you take a look, you see the Ran, you see the Ran, second line in the top of the Ran, if you skip a little bit in that Ran, in the short lines, two, two, four, six, eight lines in. So actually, just keep it simple. Eight lines into the short lines of the Ran. Eight lines into the short lines of the Ran. So look what he writes over here. The Ran just clarifies the case. Yeshlamar, Tahach of the Hachi Avi. So I'll say, the Ran says, by the way, I have to give you the rest of the family history in this case over here. Here's the case. Tilahu Gavra, Havlu Trey Bunny. I will say, this father had two sons. Father in this case had two sons. Chad Demali, right? One who was a good boy. And the other one who was stealing bundles of flax. Right? So two kids. Right? One the thief and one the good kid. So that's what happens. So what was going to happen? The father essentially was going to cut the, the, the thief's son out of his will. He just wasn't going to give him anything. And he was going to give everything to the other son. So Amrulay, so they said to the father, So here was the problem. So they said to the father, you're cutting out the thief's son from all of your property, but what happens if the thief's son has a son who's a Talmud Chacham? So your grandson then will be a righteous man. Wouldn't you want your grandson to have some of your property? So that, that, that's what's happening over here. That's the story. So now back to the Gemara. So we'll say, so what happened? So Amr Lahon, so the father said, you know what? It's a good point. So therefore I will say, what, what does the father say? What does the father say? So the father essentially says, look, I'm going to give, I'm going to go ahead and give half of, half of my property to the good son, right? The other half of the property I want my thief son to hold on to, to hold on to. And if I have a grandson as a Talmud Chacham, the property should go to him. If I don't have a grandson as a Talmud Chacham, I want the other half to go to who? To my good son. To my good son. So, we'll say, so essentially what's happening in this case is father is saying, thief son, you could hold half of the estate 
ultimately, again, in the event that you have a son who's a Talmud Chacham. I'm not giving it to you. I'm not giving it to you. I'm giving it to you to hold for a grandson. And if, right, if the grandson is a Talmud Chacham, give it to him. If there's no Talmud Chacham grandson, I want that the part of the estate to go to my other son who's, uh, who's living on the right path. So you can finish up the run now. He says, So my, so Mosai, does such a gift work like this? So Mosai, see what's happening over here? So now, father, again, once again, has two sons. Thief, good kid, right? So now he wants to go ahead and give everything to his good kid. His his friends say, but one second, what happens if thief has a son of the Talmud Chacham? You wouldn't want him to lose out. Father says, good point. Let me give 50% of my estate to my good kid. Like the other 50%, thief, thief kid, you hold on to it. You hold on to it. If you have a son who's a Talmud Chacham, it goes to him. If you don't have a son who's a Talmud Chacham, I want you to give it to your brother, right? To good kid. Good kid. By the way, they must have had incredible shalom in this family <laughs> as well. Really, everyone got along. So the Gemara says, Mai. So I'll say, so what do you do? What, right, Mai, what, what do you do in such a situation? So Amri Pumbadusai, Kani Amras Lahaknosu. Wow. So I'll say, the Pumbadusai said, you know, it's a classic case. Classic case of Kani Amras Lahaknosu. The Bible said, there's a concept in halacha of telling someone to acquire something, but Lamaisa, you don't really want them to acquire it. You only want them to acquire it in that you need them to convey it to someone else. So I'm say, watch what's happening in this case. So father is saying to thief's son, I'm giving you 50% of my estate. I want you to hold it, acquire it, but not to own it, not to own it. I'm just giving it to you so that in the event that you have a son who's a Talmud Chacham, you could go ahead and give it to him. This is what's called Kani Amanas Lahaknos. Acquire it, not to own it. Acquire it on the condition ultimately again to convey it. And the Gemara says, the Chalkani Amanas Lahaknos, Lo Kani. So the Pumbadisan say, I will say, any case of Kani Amanas Lahaknos does not work. Does not work. Now I will say, the Ran says something fascinating over here. Just quickly, the Ran writes, that if you look, I will say, it's in the, still in the, in the short lines. The bolded, the bolded phrase, Amri Pumpadisai, Kani Amanas Lakos, Lohavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavav
So I would say, this is absolutely fascinating. Rav Nachman says, Rav it's no different than the sudra. Sudra is the handkerchief that is used by a Kenyan Chalipin. Now I will say, take a look again at the Ran. This time, this time in the intermediate lines, second line into the intermediate wide lines, the Hasudra Kani Amnas Laknosu, the Chiyoyev Kona Sudra Lamakna. Supposed to listen to this. I'll give you a simple case. I'll give you a simple case. Right? There's Reuven and Shimon. So what happens? So Reuven wants to acquire Shimon's ox. Uh, no, uh, yeah, so it's Reuven wants to acquire Shimon's ox, right? Shimon has the ox. So Reuven, Reuven is the Kona. Shimon is the Makna. So what does Reuven do? So Reuven takes a handkerchief. So both say, so now they, they, want, they, want to, they want to acquire. So Reuven can take a handkerchief, handkerchief, give the handkerchief to Shimon. Shimon lifts up the handkerchief. And when Shimon lifts up the handkerchief, what happens? Reuven acquires the ox. That is called a Kenyan Chalipin. Kenyan Chalipin is literally, again, a flip or a swap act of acquisition. You acquire something of mine, I acquire something of yours. And you could use a handkerchief for that, a sudar, a sudar. So I will say, very interesting. So I will say, so what happens? So Nachman says, I will say, so in this case, in this case over here, when Shimon takes Ruvain's handkerchief and he lifts it up, look at the Ran. When the person acquiring gives his handkerchief to the person who's conveying, Listen to this. When Ruvain gives Shimon the handkerchief, does Shimon get to keep the handkerchief? No. No. In fact, it's understood that after the transaction is complete, Shimon is giving the handkerchief back to Ruvain. So I'll say, what do you see from here? You see from here that, that to acquiring something, acquiring something, in order to acquire something else, Right? Even though you don't get to keep the original item of acquisition, works. It works. So the Gemara says, no, no, no. So what's I could very well by the handkerchief. By the handkerchief, right? If Ruben goes ahead, if Ruben goes ahead, sorry, if Shimon goes ahead and decides to keep the handkerchief, could he keep the handkerchief? The answer is yes. Technically speaking, technically speaking, the way Chalipin works is it's a flipped act of acquisition. So even though it's uncommon, in other words, I should say, the common case is where Shimon gives back the handkerchief, but Lamaisa, but Lamaisa, if he didn't, it works. It works. So I both say, that's different than our case, because in our case over here, son, right, thief's son, has absolutely no acquisition rights to the property. To which the word Sudra Kani Amenas Lahaknos, it's true. But I will say, whereas, this, whereas the handkerchief case, it's true. That Reuben is giving Shimon the handkerchief on the condition ultimately again to acquire. The Kani Min Hashta. But remember the, 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 the acquisition, right? Or actually the transaction is happening right now. In this situation, in this case that we're dealing with over here with the father, with the two sons, ultimately, again, when is the property acquired? The property, the real acquisition, actually only acquires with the emergence of a grandson who's a Tamtchacham. At the end of the day, there's nothing left of the original transactional item by then. So isn't the case in our Mishnah of the Ma'nas Beis Charon. So I will say, the Ma'nas Beis Charon, isn't that a case ultimately again 
of Kani Amanas Lahaknos. Because they both say, what's happening over here? What ha- going back to the Mishnah's case. What's happening over here? Son is saying to friends. What, what is son saying to friends, right? I'm giving you the gift. Why am I giving you the gift? Why am I giving you the gift? So that my father should be able to partake. Isn't that a case of acquire? So that you could give it to someone else. And yet, what does the Mishnah say? It doesn't work. It doesn't work. To which the Gemara says, Kani, so we'll say there are two reasons why that case is different. That case is different because again, I will say, once when the son is giving the gift, he makes a mention of the su'uda, then by definition, again, it's clear that it's a straw gift. The other possibility is the reason why it doesn't work. The other possibility is, ultimately, again, that if you take a look, by the way, at the run, Oh, four lines are from the bottom. Vizin Amr Rabbi Eliezer, the Amr Afilu Vitor Avsim Modahana, Lad the Shaykhaka, the Vitor Ella, the Ladimio Baamanak, the Dikihehi, the Machmer Rabbi Eliezer, the Nadarm Faye. Well, said the idea over here is Rabbi Eliezer is the one who's Machmer with Nadarm in general, and Rabbi Eliezer is the one who holds that this type of straw gift would not work. So, we'll say, let's finish this up. Tnan, Amrucha Chamim, Kamatana Shaina Mekdisha, Temekudashas, Ena Matana. So, we'll say, again, what do we say in the Mishnah? We'll say, Hadna of something is an effective gift. Hadna of is an effective gift. If halacha so you could receive a gift, gift and sanctify it, that's an effective gift. That's an effective gift. Kol mai. We'll say, when it says komatana, what does kol come to include? My love la suye. Hamusa. Dishadja bikivi. So we'll say, is it not talking about this particular case of kani amanas la haknos? That when you tell someone to acquire something, on the condition to go ahead and give it to someone else. Are we not being taught that such a gift does not work? I will say, why does such a gift not work? Because we'll say, if you're given a gift and you're told to acquire it, to give it to someone else, do you have the ability to be maktish that gift? Do you have the ability to be maktish? No. Why? Because you weren't given that right. So you see from the Mishnah, that's not an effective gift. To which the Gemara says, maybe not Lishna, so the Gemara says, the Shabbat give it low, Basui Lishna, Basra, Dishmaite Dirava. Then Rabbi say, ultimately, again, it could be coming to include the following case, that ultimately, again, in the second version of Rava, where even if I say, but even if son says to friend, I'm giving you the gift, it's all yours, and please now, once it's yours, invite my father, that that case also would not work. So say, so this is the end of the surgery. Quickly, how do we pass them? How do we pass them? So there are two outline cases. So first Rabbi say, this case, this case of Kani Amanas Lahaknos, Shabbos say, what do you do? This case with the father with the two sons, right? One son is a kind of, one son is good. So what does father want to do? Father's giving you 50% of his estate to son, to good son. And now what he wants to do is give the other 50 to thief's son. But does he want thief's son to have it? No. But what does he want to leave the door open to? What does he want to do, right? If he has a grandson, it's a Talmud Chacham. So essentially, can you give something to thief's son Telling thief, son, I'm only giving it to you so that you could convey it to someone else. So the Raman Pasavos, I'm sorry. Shochon Aruch, Yaradeya, Simon Reish, Chaf Gimel, Sif Gimel. Asr benome ana asa, va'amar, miye ben benizet ham tracham, yikne benizen echasai, kedelak no simino, hariza ben asr benixia av, uben haben mutter bahem, imiet ham tracham, kimashe. So we pass in like Rav Nachman. We pass like Rav Nachman. And a gift of Kani Amanas Lahaknos works. So if you give someone a gift, you give someone a gift, or really what you're doing is you're giving someone custodianship over something, but not that they should own it. 
but that they should simply hold it for someone else. Such a gift actually works. So we'll say that's halacha l'maisa number one, right? So that's why I'm passing like Rav Nachman in this sugya. Then we'll say, what about again? Let's go back to the previous case. Let's finish up with this. What about our, our suda case, right? Our suda case, right? So how, how do I now, how do we pass in a suda case, right? Son made a nedra, or father made a nedra, whoever it is. Father can't get, benefit, can't get benefit from son. Son is making a chasana, right? He wants his father to come. Son wants to convey property to a third party in order that father could come. Is there a mutter way to do that? So I'm to listen to this. Rambam, Hilchos Nedarim, Perek Zayn Halacha Tezvav, Nasan Le'echad Matana, son gives a gift to his friend. Va'amrlo, Harisu, the Zunasun of the Chabatana, we have a plan, Yishu Asr Mani Asiv, Yochalimanu, Hareza Asr. So I'll say, if when son gives the gift, he says, friend, I'm giving you the gift. So that my father should come and eat with us, straw gift doesn't work. Furthermore, even if son doesn't say anything, gives the gift. But after he gives the gift, say, you know, be so nice if you invited my father. Also, straw gift. I the only way the gift works is if it's a bona fide gift. If in any way it's clear, it's clear that the whole thing is a sham just in order to go ahead and allow the father to come, the Rabban Paskins, the gift will be null and void. I will say, Hajjur Allah HaShutfin, Mazel Tov, Shkoyach. It has to be because remember the whole chap is the whole chap is that the chap is that we can only be used in the Yisra with your own idol, so it has to be because again, the difference is Matanas Nachsons, when it's theirs, they have full ownership of it. The strong gift is where you're never really giving over ownership. Absolutely. He made it with the meeting over there, and it's pretty deep